0: to your Kevlar.
1: Our bulletproof love story. This is your co-host, Kevin Perry, with...
0: Lauren. Welcome back to our fifth episode. Thank you so much for, again, all of the conversation and the feedback, especially those of you who agree with me that pillowcases should be open on the outer edge of the bed. No, they're wrong. I mean, definitely you had some folks on your side, but...
1: We're not done yet.
0: I won a majority. So thank you, everybody. I mean, if I'm being honest, if I could pick, I would love the pillowcases that don't have an opening. So there's clean lines all around.
1: But well, regardless. It is what it is. Thank you for all the feedback, suggestions, <laughs> and all of your support. We will continue to do this for one another. But also, if you enjoy it, then we'll do it for you, too. That's fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we do appreciate you being here.
1: Today, we are going to talk about football um uh-huh. we did record one already and it was an hour long and it was me talking to you the entire time so we're going to tweak it and re-record and we'll bring in some of the questions but then we're also going to co-interview so I will ask her some football based questions we'll really test out her knowledge as far as the Xs and Os and oh. we'll see if she can figure out how to write a playbook so we we'll get not to the bottom prepared.
0: of it not prepared for that okay all, All right. right.
1: So kick Get us off. What, a, what an analogy. Kick us off. You know what that is?
0: That's how I we start the game. That I do know. Thank you so much. Okay. So first things first, let's set the stage here. Where did you start your journey with football and kind of give us at the same time? Uh, I don't know if you want to go into an overview of your playing years, but basically how long you played, what school levels you played out, that sort of thing.
1: So I started out in youth league. I played fourth and fifth grade with one youth league, sixth grade with another. And then in Pennsylvania, we have middle school football. So I played for the middle school team for two years. Then moved to high school. I played freshman football. And then I played varsity for the remaining three years. I uh, played a little bit of JV sophomore year, but mostly varsity. Um, then I went into college where I played a fall season, a spring season, and then I didn't make it through training camp that second year. Um, Long story short, I was cut. Um, Yeah, we don't need to go into detail on that. Maybe we can do that another day, but that's a long story. I feel like I was unjustly cut, um, but maybe there was some confusion there among the coaches. But whatever, my life turned out great, and I'm happy to to be here. Um, And then I finished my degree, got a job as a teacher, had the opportunity to teach at a high school where they needed help on the coaching staff. Um, Coached for one year. And then there were some issues and tied up some other people, so I became the head coach the following year. I was the head coach for seven years, and then I got the opportunity to get another promotion within the building, which would not allow me to coach. So, well, I'm done coaching now.
0: Damn, checking off two of my questions real quick. Sorry, <laughs> it's okay. I'm trying okay, to summarize because
1: so, that was a thirty-minute response yesterday. Yeah, you You're question because we're going to go back and forth. It's my turn for a
0: question. Oh. Well, I was going to say, I just want to reinstate my question since you answered it differently. So I said, give us an overview of your playing years, but let, let's let uh, level set there. That was playing years through coaching years. So that right. was a full overview. So thank you. Right. Okay. Go ahead.
1: All right. My turn. What were your favorite memories of my playing days and coaching days?
0: Oh, both. Okay. Give us
1: an overview.
0: I mean, I feel like... It kind of is the same answer, but they were different perspectives and different experiences, right? So I thoroughly enjoyed coming to see you play every Friday night. That was a whole, you know, enjoyment thing for myself. I still to this day hated the college games being on Saturday at one o'clock in the afternoon. It just didn't have the same vibe. It didn't have the whole like Friday night light uh, energy and all that stuff. So I really enjoyed watching you play um and then from the coaching perspective i again loved those friday nights but just to see you in a different manner um i don't know just the whole experience i really loved watching
1: and i appreciate you being there through it all i mean it was easy to be there at the high school games we were very successful difficult well, to be there in the college games because we were not so successful and probably difficult in the beginning of my coaching career, but easier as the years went on because things got better for us. So thanks for coming.
0: I mean, in the fact of the record, I guess if you're saying, but it, I feel like it was easier for me to t- attend earlier in your coaching year and I wasn't able to attend as much as I wanted to. Based in on the, different
1: circumstances.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. Two to one is very hard with wild <laughs> boys. I... uh. If I didn't have helping hands and those of you that were there to be my helping hands at times, i so appreciate it because I was able to get to games, which again, I thoroughly enjoy going to games. If I could have, I would have been at every single game, but just wasn't always in the cards. So, all right. Um, let's see. Next question for you. So thinking back to more so your playing years for this one, at least, what is your most memorable moment? talk about maybe one that was successful and monumental and then also and if you want to tie it all together as one that's fine but then also like kind of the brotherhood family aspect like favorite memory
1: um so obviously making plays and 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 being involved in successes of the game is one thing one probably two highlights that stand out personally one of my highlights was probably my longest perception where i made a catch against um cb north Mm. And I ran down the sideline for 47 yards before I was knocked out of bounds, And and the crowd went wild. And that was a big game, big upset win for us. So that was a huge one that uh, I'll never forget that moment. I remember exactly the play. I I remember exactly the setup. Um, Another playing one was the year prior. Um, Our running back broke down the sideline and hurtled and dove into the end zone, which cost us a penalty. But just the way the stands went wild in that game was was made me feel like i was famous and and even though it was just a supporting role in that play it, it was really something special um off the field and kind of the brotherhood part my dad passed when i was a senior um so the experience of having the support of my teammates and my coaches and and them coming to the funeral and coming to my house afterwards and and. Then really the, the biggest part of all that was just returning to my routines and going back to school on Monday, going back to football on Monday after all that happened and kind of just being one of the guys again. And that's something that I'll never forget and will and always cherish the support that I had from my teammates then. All right. So my next question for you, what r- regrets, if any, do you have from being my first football lady? I'm putting you on the spot here because you didn't get these questions before.
0: No, it's fine. But I don't know that I have regrets. I mean, was it hard? A hundred percent. But do I regret it? No, because as hard as it was, and there were times where I really wish I wasn't like alone with the kids or, you know, all those things. I know that it's something that is so extremely important to you on such a deep level. It's not, I mean, yes, you enjoy it. Right. But it's not just that you enjoy it. It's very important to you. It's a big piece of who you are. So by no, no way was I going to step into that and prevent you from that. Like I, I mean, and this goes back to our relationship, right? Part of like, I don't want to say the reason I love you. That doesn't make sense, but part of loving you and being your wife is supporting you in the things that you enjoy. Like I love that we can do things together and enjoy things together, but we're also our own people. And it's very important that you get to do what you enjoy doing. So I would never prevent you from doing that. Thanks. Welcome.
1: More on that to come next question. Yeah,
0: I'm sure. Um, okay. Let me see. So, well, it's kind of, I was going to say, did it cause you to stop playing and you said, let's not really get into that right now and that's fine. But my next thing was going to be okay. Transition us from playing to coaching, but you kind of gave a high level
1: and I can go a little more into what that that, looks like.
0: But I mean, yeah, I, I guess to build so, on to that too, did you always want to be a coach? And if not always, meaning, you know, ever since you started playing football, which I'm sure is not the case, but like, when did you realize? And then, well, let's start there. I don't want so to kind of get
1: into both of those. Um, so when I finished playing, um, I immediately went, went home and, and licked my wounds and, and kind of got back to the, to the grind and, and knew I had to work. Um, so I went to a, and, and I knew I needed to get back to my workout because I didn't know what was next for me, but I knew working out and, and preparing for football season was one of my favorite things to do. Um, so I went to a local general nutrition center, sports supplement store, uh, GNC, um, and was going to buy some protein, some creatine and kind of load up and get ready to put myself through, through some grueling workouts. Um, either to a come back and play the following year or just to get myself in, in the the better shape that I wanted to be in always. Um, Talked to the guy that worked there for a while. They ended up offering me a job. And and I worked there for a long time, um, for three or four years. Um, got really close with the manager. He ended up moving on to a bigger, better store. And I became the manager. Um, started working out at a bodybuilding gym with a father and two sons up there who own the gym. And that was super supportive and I got into bodybuilding. I started competing. Um, Then it came time to do student teaching. So when I student taught, I actually helped out with the football team of that high school. And then I went and applied to teaching jobs everywhere I could. And the only place I got two interviews and the first one was a little closer, but I didn't stand a chance in that one. Um, And then the second one, I got an interview. I came down here to Maryland where things went pretty well and I was offered a job didn't coach that first year but again was still kind of in the mix to figure out what I wanted to be when I grow up and and what I were what I wanted to do with my body physically. Um, did I always want to be a coach? I mean ever since the day where my coaches came to my house after my dad passed and all the support that I had from my coaches, I knew I wanted to coach. And I knew I wanted to teach because uh, there was also a ton of outstanding support from my teachers and just everybody in my life was, was supportive. So I was like, I knew, I know I need to give back this way. So as I worked through college, I tried out pretty much everything. There was a time where I wanted to be a history major, a time where math was going to be the answer or science. And I tried a little bit of everything before I stumbled into my first woodworking class, which I was like, all right, this is something I can see myself doing. Um, so I studied woodworking and electronics kind of as a specialty of mine. And then upon graduating, I got a job at a middle school where I was more of an electives teacher. Um, but then the opportunity to be a woodwork woodworking teacher at a high school came up. So I took full advantage of that. And, and again, I kind of knew all along I wanted to be a coach. Um, that's kind of the reason why I chose the university I went to in Millersville, which is a kind of a teacher's school. Um, so yeah. Okay. All right, your question. Why did you allow me to dedicate my life for eight years to football? And what were your feelings when you were a single mom for three plus months per year? There are coaches all the time that talk about how they don't know if they're still married after the football season, and we have to put in extra time with our wives before the football season. So with all that being said, why did you let me do it?
0: I mean, I think I kind of answered this with the last one right? Like it's, it's so important to you. So that, I mean, that trumped everything. I, I would say though, to the point of like needing to spend extra time with your wife before the season. Uh, I don't know, for the most recent seasons, did we do that? No, because my kids and things are different, right? But I think initially, maybe in the first half of everything we used to do that. And I did appreciate that, that we whether we were cramming in just extra date nights or something, I did appreciate it because we knew that our time was going to be slim to none during the season. So the fact that we recognized that and tried to really make sure, like we connect and actually dedicated time before that was important to me. Um,
1: and ju- and just so you all know out there, and you can kind of expand upon this. I'm yeah. sorry, did I? Control? No, you're fine. Um, just so you can all kind of un- get an understanding of what this woman, I, what I put this woman through for that many years most of football season training camp was a little different and it was better or worse depending on the year. Um, most of football season consisted of me getting up and getting out the house around 6am and not returning home until Mondays and, and Thursdays. I'd be home around 730, eight o'clock at night. Um, every other day of the week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, I wouldn't be home till, 10 11 sometimes midnight depending on what was going on
0: Oh Friday nights I would be like asleep well,
1: Friday I'd be home at 2 or 3 o'clock And then
0: Saturday morning you'd be up and out for film
1: Saturday I'd be up and out from 6 to about 1 or 2 o'clock and again depending on our schedule it might have been longer from that
0: And Sundays you had coaches meetings it was a 7 right. day a week thing
1: And and it's not like I was ever in a point where I was like I'm just going to sit in my office and kill time like it was active work whether I was working with the kids that I coached or working with other coaches or going to scout other teams or watch other games. I was busy that entire time.
0: And also you were the head coach. So like, yes, it's a time suck for, you know, no matter the coach, but like you were basically always the first one in first one out because just because of that. Yeah.
1: So what was it like when you were home for up to 14 plus hours a day without me?
0: hard. I mean, I I don't know. There were different stages of it. I would say probably the hardest one was the football season that we never expected to be a football season thanks to COVID when we had just had Mason and I was going through postpartum and I had a newborn and also an older child. It was very hard, very hard. No, oh, you're amazing. Thanks. To Okay. Oh, uh, finally. Okay. So similar to what I asked the last time. Um, well, let's start with this one. What was your hardest part of what was the hardest part of being a coach?
1: Hardest part. Um hardest part was just trying to find ways to to get the student athletes, the kids to believe in themselves when we are up against it. I mean, we, we had one and nine years, we had two and eight years, we had really rough seasons. Um and and there were years where it was just me as a coach or me and like two or three dads, or me and a couple friends that were just just talented enough and just strong enough to coach a position group by themselves um so some of the hardest points were looking at a kid dead in his face knowing that we will probably lose this game and looking at the scoreboard and we're down 63 to nothing and looking at kids and being like i need you guys to just give me a little bit more just just keep keep believing keep having faith keep following through um that's definitely the hardest moment it, Another really, really hard moment was being my first year as a coach in that building when we were abysmal and we were getting our butts kicked most games. When kids would walk the hallways and and be embarrassed to wear their jerseys or I'd have to yell at them to put on their jerseys or kids would get bullied for wearing their football jerseys. Where I'm from, where football is in in my hometown, football, you are on another level. You walk above everybody else through the hallways. You are treated like royalty. And, and that was a place that I think our program is now where everyone looks up to the football players. Um, but initially, it was very difficult to see, like, everyone looking down on football. That was definitely very frustrating. I mean, I have hundreds of other frustrations and a lot of things I probably would have done differently and done better if I could reset the clock. But, again, I don't like to live in the world of regret because I love the way my life turned out. Do you have a response for that?
0: No. Okay.
1: Isn't it your question? It is. All right. With all of the world's injury concerns and all that we've experienced from football, will you allow our boys to play football if and when they want to? Yeah. Why?
0: I mean, will I be terrified? Yeah. But I'm terrified for everything. So what's the difference?
1: So after Um, our hour-long conversation and this one now, why what what benefits would the kids get
0: i mean i just know like again how important it is to you number one so that would be amazing if they'd actually want to play i mean let's be clear though and you called this out if they want to obviously we'll try to expose give the opportunity but if they don't we're not going to force it um but if they want to i mean similar almost any sport i would support them if it's something they want to do i think the most important thing for me and i think you would agree is that i They just need to do some sort of physical activity to um, move their body and build their strength and whatnot. So however they do that, that's fine. But um, if they do football, it would be kind of like a full circle thing because I feel like I experienced not football from your day one because I wasn't with you that long, but I've experienced football with you. So to be able to then experience football still with you because you'd be with me at the game instead it'd be different and it would be nice um i also think like i don't know i mean just the support that you had the family unit i mean there's so many different levels to it right it's way more than a game so if they were to have that themselves um it would be special
1: So we talked yesterday about a specific friend of yours that was like never in a million years would I let my kids play football. That is the dumbest thing you can put your kid through and and never. And I said, football is what made me a man. And it turns everybody, almost everybody that comes through a football program and sticks with it, sticks through the hard times, the easy times, um, physically, emotionally, as a leader, it makes you a man. Would you feel that that's been one of the bigger influences in my life
0: yeah oh definitely
1: I think that's the lesson that parents need to take away is yes it's a dangerous sport just so is a lot of things I mean your kids could get hurt in a car accident on the way to school they they could walk outside and roll their ankle on the curb I mean stuff happens but to limit your your kids exposure to life and and it, to me, it's just so foolish. I've had I have an assistant coach that talks about how um, football is the closest thing you can get to combat, and our military, our, our war fighters are fighting mortal combat where they could die, and in football you could lose. I mean, obviously, major injuries can happen, but fifty pretty much, you have a fifty-fifty shot of winning and losing once you step on the field. And you learn all of those same lessons that you do in the military, but you're not getting shot at. You're just getting someone to, to tackle or block you. And I think those lessons, there. there's no way you can replicate those lessons. There's no video game. There's no class you can take. There's hardly any other sports that are on the level of what football taught me. And I feel like anyone who's listening, if you're considering and your kids are interested, I think football is hands down an easy decision to let them play.
0: Well, the other thing for me, I think too, is like, I, surprise, am a very anxious person. And I, at times, see me and my anxiety in Logan, especially. Mason's still too young. He's like a bull in a china shop. But um, I see that in Logan, which is fine. I mean, it's how I am, right? But I don't want to further influence the anxious or scared thoughts of things right so like me preventing playing football would be solely for my own worries like that's somewhat selfish i mean obviously he's my kid i want to protect him blah 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 right but if he wants to do it go for it like i'll be worried here in the backseat by myself like you know but i am not going to try to hinder that on him at all like he can do it and i'll just keep it to myself and panic quietly
1: <laughs> I one more for me
0: uh, yeah i do Um, so what did I say? What is the hardest part, part about coaching? Right. So, um, then basically to bring us up from that is similar to how I said, like, what was your most impactful or memorable moment from your playing years? Same thing for coaching, but maybe more so most like rewarding.
1: Again, I I have a, a thousand stories I could share. Um, but the biggest thing comes back to comments that I make to close out every banquet every year is. Those kids that I coach, and and I definitely wouldn't put myself in the upper epsilon and, and wouldn't. I, I don't believe I was a very strong coach. I feel like I was the best at the time, and I feel like I was the, the best option. And I feel like I gave more energy than most coaches ever would because I had more to give. Um, do I know the game better than anybody else? No, but I would always seek out and find people that I could hire, put on my staff that I could learn from and that could continue to benefit our kids. But I told the kids and the parents at the banquet every single year, you may feel that I had a positive impact on you as a player, but you will never know the impact that you had on me and my growth as a man. Um, I continue to learn. I continue to grow every single day. And what I take away from these kids and, and their response to me is is so humbling to have a kid Text me four years after the season is done and just be like, hey, coach, how's everything going? Just to build that rapport and that relationship. It's it's like I'm a dad to th- hundreds of kids. And, and seeing as how I lost my dad, and again, I've said it before, I, I can't have those conversations with my dad. But I can have that conversation with my two sons and also my non-biological football sons and hundreds of them. Um, it's truly a special thing to have those relationships and have that rapport with kids. Um, again, no one moment stands out. There's definitely moments that stand out each year. Um, there's really nothing specific.
0: That's true though. I think overall, probably the most overarching rewarding thing is the, the pure relationships.
1: Um, so here we are. Um, I've finished my coaching career. Um, in November of 2022. So as we approach the first football season where I will not be coaching or playing football, explain your feelings.
0: Um, you know, I haven't really thought about it going into it. I don't know if I'm trying to ignore it or. If it hasn't hit me yet um,
1: well let's hit you with it because well, normally this time of year I'm spending 12 hours a day at the school without kids moving equipment around, fitting kids for equipment, getting the field set up, getting my stuff set up and I'm already absent. Well, so well
0: and I was just gonna say like I could go back to my feelings when you officially resigned and I think they're the same if they happened they kind of you know dwindled away and now they're probably gonna come back it's a weird feeling like i know i don't want to say cuz i know you obviously are sad right it's a big i don't know that i'm sad <laughs> um but it is a weird feeling it's weird because it's been such a critical part of our life for so long um it's almost like a piece of the puzzle right and now that's gone so it's almost like learning what life will be like without it. I don't know that that will be hard for me. I know it will be for you. So I don't want to, you know, make that seem invaluable, but, um, it is weird. I am also somewhat relieved. (laughs) I don't want to say excited because again, it's just a, it's an emotional thing. It's totally different. There there's a lot to it. Right. Um, but I'm somewhat relieved to experience this season with you instead of without you. And I know I, I mean, I experienced it with you when I would go to support you in games and stuff. Right. But that big divide, um, between like us and our family, not that we put it there, but it is just, it's true. There's a divide if, if you're not there a lot. Right. So you'll be able to be here, which is, um, refreshing, I guess. Sorry.
1: All right. Well, that's all my (laughs)
0: questions.
1: (sighs) All right. So in closing, I just wanted to take a minute and thank you for all those years and all the the commitment you gave up and all the time you gave up so I could go out there and help other people's kids. Um, When people ask me now, are you missing football? And I'm saying my usual response as a joke is, not yet, because football hasn't started. Now's the difficult time, and it truly is all the setup, all the preparation, all the frustrations of people not owning up to their accountability in the offseason. Like that, this isn't the funnest time. Um, I will miss it in a couple of days here when their season kicks off. But I what I'm not gonna miss this year, and I'm so excited to be there every single day, is to watch my boys continue to grow up and be with both of them. So the running joke that I usually give is yeah, I'm home so much more often. Now I know that I have two kids and not just the same one and having flashbacks or future thoughts. Like I have two children and I get to spend more time with them. Um, and again, I just wanted to thank you for allowing me to do that for so many years. You got to watch me play and coach. And I'm not saying I'm done coaching, um, but definitely I'll be at a much more limited role. And if I do, hopefully it's coaching our boys and and I can continue to spend time with them. So thanks, babe well things got a little emotional here at the end um our last episode we recorded about football was an hour and change and we are here 28 minutes in there will definitely be more football stories to come but this is the the two-way conversation that we're gonna have yeah your breath you're speechless right now
0: I thought you were about to say my breath
1: no no your you breath just smells fine
0: I mean this is like a
1: if there was a reward I could give you if I could give you one of our banquet gifts every single year I would. <laughs> and I don't know if you know this, but I thanked you at every single banquet
0: I know you did even I was at years, some of that even okay. the years you
1: couldn't make it because we have two crazy kids I would still I be know. like, well, she's not here, but since there are some parents here, I want you to know i want yeah. I would like to take this minute to thank my wife who and all no, the right? coaches wives who dedicate allow us to go be parents to other people's children,
0: yeah, and I know you always said that and I I'm thankful for that. You never belittled what I did while you weren't here, but it was just a lot. I uh, don't, like I said, I don't regret it, but I don't know that I would willingly jump in and do it again. I don't regret it though, but it was a lot.
1: Well, with that being said, now it's the end of our episode. So we're at that point where Lauren's going to show off one of her special talents. Lauren is gonna read from memory the entire numerical roster of every team I've ever coached, starting with the number one. Ready? Go.
0: <laughs> Bye.
1: Thanks. Make sure to give us a follow, <laughs> a rating and review. Follow us where can they find us?
0: At Thrill Kevlar.
1: On Instagram. And if you like this episode, give us five stars and, and good ratings. If you didn't like it, then just wait till next time when you do like one. Thanks for listening and we'll talk again soon. Oh, we might have the opportunity to do some interviews here coming up soon, so we'll see if we can get those on the air.
0: Yeah. I also think we're going to take this approach moving forward.
1: Right, where it's going to be a two-way and I'm cutting you off, look at me. I'm stealing too much airtime. Finish.
0: Wow. Okay. <laughs> um he did say that we, you know, recorded a very long football episode which I mean, if you all are interested, we could release it. There are some repeats with what we discussed tonight. So I don't know if we'll want to do that. But um, with the approach of when you're interviewing someone, the interviewee is taking up a lot of the airspace. No offense. Um, But that's just what happens. And we are co-hosts in this. So we want to also, you know, both be able to participate actively in the discussion. So we're going to pick a topic each time like we have been doing and the topic will be related more so directed to one of us. Um, but we will have questions for each other, so we'll kind of conversate through it instead of straight up interview one way. So okay, on that note, we'll circle back and close this out. And Lauren will not recite rosters. Bye.
1: But who was your favorite player of all time of mine?
0: Oh, you can't put that on there because I'm sure they're listening. Okay, bye. <laughs>